Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. Guys, I'm super excited to be able to share with you guys tonight. Um, I got to share at Lyft a few weeks ago, and um, there might be a little bit of repetition, but not too much. Um, but just some of the things that God has put on my heart that I just feel like are for us corporately, but um, I want to share with you guys a little bit just about my background and where I've come from and um, just kind of what God has done in my life, but I, um, first of all, I'm just going to pray. Holy Spirit, we just invite you here. God, that this would just be your message tonight and your words, and I just ask that you speak to hearts. Um, And just, God, release freedom, release anointing, release, um, just release what you want to do tonight. You're going to be praying. Amen. Okay. So, guys, fun fact about me, I've lived in three different countries. I was born in America. When I was eight years old, my family moved to Toronto, Ontario. And I, yeah, I grew up in Canada. So I, um, like, went to... School, like all my elementary, middle school, high school was all in Canada. And I loved it up there. It's a great country. Um, And then when I was 18, my family moved down here. So it's kind of like where I've lived. And then I lived in Haiti for five years too. But I want to kind of back up a little bit. I grew up in the church, became a Christian at a really young age. And I, um, I just, I grew up. My dad's a pastor. I'm a pastor's kid. My mom was a chaplain at a nursing home, which was kind of like a little pastor. Um, but we just, we grew up. Church was a big part of our lives. God was a part of our lives. And my parents loved me and do love me so well. My bro- I have an older brother. He loves me really well, too. We just, I've always, like, grown up being loved. And, um, but at a young age, probably the first time I remember feeling this way would have been around eight years old. And I just remembered feeling like, I was different. I had tons of friends. I, um, you know, I, I was friends with all different groups of kids. I was one of those ones that just kind of floated around. But I never found, like, my niche or where I, like, fit. And so that kind of started a road for me of just not understanding my identity, not understanding who God created me to be, not understanding my purpose or my calling. And I, I kind of just, like, went through my life like that. I went through schooling like that. Um, guys, when I was in high school, I started going to a Christian school. And, I mean, I was involved with everything. I was a straight-A student. I was on student council, played basketball, baseball, swimming. I was even on the badminton team, so watch out. Um, <laughs> I did choir. I did band. I did like theater. I did all of it. I just, it was a small school. So it was really cool. And we could get like, we could be part of whatever we wanted to be really. And so I just did everything. And I think I was doing all these things, searching for like my place and my fit, but I was looking to all these different things for that. And I wasn't looking to God to fulfill that identity piece in my heart that was missing. So when I was probably around 16, 15 or 16, I um, developed an eating disorder, and I had that for probably like four or five years. And I was, um, I mean, just even through high school, like through pretty much all my high schooling. 
And when I graduated from high school, the day after graduation, my family moved to Pennsylvania. And for me, that was a really big turning point, but it was not a good turning point. <laughs> it was a really bad turning point because that was a season for me that all of those things that I had been pouring myself into were now gone. Like the sports, the acting, the singing, all those things were not part of my life anymore. And so all I had was just this like emptiness that I had been filling that whole time. But like that just emptiness was just there and it was right in my face because I didn't have friends in Pennsylvania. I didn't know anybody. And it was just this, I mean, people in America kind of thought we were like really strange because we were from Canada. Like I think sometimes people think that Canada is this like, I mean, it is a foreign country, but they were like explaining how to return a movie to me when, when we went to, went to rent a movie. It was really funny. We had lots of stories, but it just, it was like one more piece of my life where I was like, I don't feel like I belong here. And, um, so I, I still had this eating disorder and had connected with a doctor, um, through the office that my mom worked at. She's a nurse. And, um, the doctor kind of called me out and it was like the first time that I'd really been called out on that. And it was, um, a really hard season for me, but what happened was not <laughs> what God intended to happen because I, I dealt with that eating disorder, but I didn't deal with the heart issue. And so it just transitioned from one thing to the next. And rather than, um, controlling my life through an eating disorder, I poured my life into drugs and alcohol and unhealthy relationships. And it was just this long road for me of just like missing the point of missing God, of missing my identity. I felt like so empty. I felt so alone. I felt so broken. And I just, I couldn't, couldn't find anything to fill that void. And I just became angry and bitter. Like, so angry and so bitter. And I, I mean, I pushed my family away. I refused to go to church. I wouldn't go. I just said, I'm not going to be one of those fake people. I'm just not going to go. And, um, so over, over time, I, um, my parents had asked me if I would go to a counselor and I agreed to go. And, um, I was so, angry and bitter that I just, I wasn't in a place to receive what the counselor wanted to do, um, or wanted to like bring me through. And so she would give me like all these assignments and she would come in or I would come into our office every week and she'd be like, okay, Katie, did you, I ask you to do? I said, nope. And I don't know why you keep asking me because it's going to be the same answer every week. I mean, that's just like where my heart was. It was such a bitter place because I wasn't open to receive the healing that God had for me at that point. So one day I walked into her office and she asked me, like she always did, Katie, did you do the stuff I asked you to do? I mean, she would ask me to write letters every day about how I was feeling and what I was working through. We actually joke now because we say we're going to write a book called Letters to My Therapist. But I would write these letters and I would just say stuff like, I don't know why you're asking me to write this letter. I don't like what you're asking me to do. This is, and like it was all about basically just being defiant. Um, and so one week I walked in, she asked me if I did that. I said no with my sassy response as always. And she said, okay, you can go now. <laughs> and she said, do not come back until you're ready to submit to what I'm asking you to do. Because Katie, you're not going to be able to ever submit to God if you can't even write me a letter every week. <laughs> so she said, I will be praying for you and I will be waiting for you with open arms, 
but do not come back until you're ready to put the work in. And I was like kind of shocked because I was like, I'm paying you. So I feel like you can't make me leave. But I did and I didn't go back um, right away. But after that happened, again, God kept giving me all these opportunities to turn to him. He kept giving me all these opportunities to say, okay, God, I surrender. I give up. But I wasn't doing it because my heart was so hard. I just kept running and running and running. And throughout that next year after I left counseling, um, things just spiraled down. I was depressed. I was angry. Um, I mean, there were days where I was like, God, I just, not even God, but I was just like, I don't want to live anymore. Like, I don't want to be here. Um, And then I started dating someone, which was like a really, really bad relationship. And he was verbally abusive. He was emotionally abusive. He did not treat me well. Excuse me, some water. And um, it was it was just not a good situation. But I just kept pouring my heart into this relationship. Even though something was nudging at me the whole time, I knew it was wrong. I knew it wasn't going to end well. But I was just like, I just feel like this is temporarily filling this void in my life. Um, and one day, it was probably about like almost a year after I had left counseling, I was... Um, sitting in my room on the floor, and guys, I'm aging myself right now, but I was on MySpace. Anybody out here remember what MySpace is? (laughs) So I was on my MySpace account, and (laughs) 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 but what I found was so hard for me, and it was so hurtful because this guy that I'd been dating for like almost a year had a completely other like MySpace account, but it was like this, not just another MySpace, it was like a completely other life. He had, um, another relationship that he was in. He just had, it was, he was like a completely different person and it was devastating for me, but I also felt relief because I was just like free from that relationship that I felt like it was just so awful. And guys, that night I remember sitting on my bedroom floor, leaning up against the bed and I just sat there and I wept for hours. I sat there, and I wept, and I wept, and I wept, and then finally, I sat on my knees, and I just said, God, my way is not working, (laughs) and I don't like the way that this feels right now, and I never want to feel this way again, because I know that there's more to life, and this is really, really scary for me, because surrendering to you means giving up control, But clearly, the way that I'm controlling my life is not taking me to a good place. And I don't want to feel this way again. And so, God, I'm giving you my life. I'm inviting you in. I'm inviting you to come in and take control. And I'm inviting you to change my heart. And the next, actually, that night, I emailed my counselor. And I, she called me the next morning, and I went right in to see her. And that began my journey of healing. And I, I had this encounter with the Lord that I was just telling him, God, what, like, whatever you want to do in my heart, whatever you want to do in my life, like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. And if you tell me to go, I'm going to go. <laughs> if you tell me to talk, I'm going to talk. But whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. And honestly, guys, like, that moment of surrender was a monumental moment in my life because God just... I mean, he literally took me out of the pit. There's a verse in Job, Job 33, 28. It says, he redeemed my soul from going down to the pit, and I will live to enjoy the light. 
And if you follow my Instagram account at all, you'll always see like sunrises and sunsets, but that's just like a monumental thing for me because it's the light of God that just keeps like shining through and it's him revealing himself. But guys, I was in this pit and I was so stuck for so many years, like 10 years probably of just feeling alone and feeling desperate for something more. And I saw these kids at school and, and honestly people in high school would have looked at me and they would have said like, you had it all together. And they, I mean, I've had conversations with people like that and I did, I looked like I did, but in my heart I was aching and I was so broken and I, I wouldn't be surprised there's people sitting here tonight that feel the same way. Guys, you don't know what people are going through around you, but what I did instead of dealing with the pain and the hurt that I was going through, I kept sweeping it under the rug and I kept hiding it from it. But guys, when you're sweeping that stuff under the rug, when you're hiding and you're running from, from the things that God is calling you to work through, you're sweeping freedom under the rug and you're sweeping breakthrough under the rug and you're running from the promises of God and you're running from the freedom that he wants to bring you because you don't want to face the hard times and the hard times suck. They really do. But I've had so many painfully beautiful seasons in my life that have led to freedom because I face those trials head on. And when you do that, it will be hard, but God will walk you into freedom. And that freedom that you experience will be so much better than the sin that you're sweeping under the rug. I believe with my whole heart that we are walking into a season at Airborne of abundance and growth. And I just believe that what we've been encountering the, the last several months with our encounter nights and the missions trip and the beach trip, all these things that God is setting up and aligning for us, that's just like a stepping stone into the greatness that he has coming for us. But if we're sweeping this stuff under the rug, it's creating like it's creating space and distance. When you keep sin in your life, it's like, say that this is God and this is me and I'm like standing on the stand, but then I let sin in my life and I don't deal with it. So I'm like taking a step back and there's space. And then I take another step back. I'm not going to take too many because I think it'll make the speakers go crazy. <laughs> but the more you sin, the more space you're creating between you and God when you just keep sweeping it under the rug. But God is saying, lay your sin at my feet. Give it to me because that's why I died on the cross for you. I have so much for you. He has so much for you, but he just wants you to lay those things that you feel stuck in, lay them at the foot of the cross and give them to him because that's why he died for you. I really, really believe that there's people here tonight that can relate to the way that I felt when I was in school, to the way that I felt when I was out of school for many years of just feeling alone, feeling stuck, feeling like I can't go to someone because I'm ashamed of how I'm living. And guys, I just, I really feel like tonight God just wants to say, come lay it at the cross because you don't have to stay in that place. There is freedom to be had tonight. Right now, God wants to set you free. He wants to give you that gift of freedom. And, and then when you give him that, when you lay those things down, he's just saying, all right, let's go. Like you're just going to start walking into destiny. And that doesn't mean that there's not going to be hard times, but that means that he's going to be walking beside you and he's going to carry you through. And so you're not, you're not sweeping your crap under the rug anymore. You're running into freedom. 
And sometimes it's a hard run. Sometimes it's going to feel more like a marathon, but it's worth it. Sometimes it might feel like a triathlon, (laughs) but it's still worth it. I don't know. I just, I really feel like tonight God wants to set people free. And I don't know if there's people who feel stuck in their sin. Maybe you're sweeping self-harm under the rug. Maybe you're sweeping depression under the rug. Maybe you're sweeping sexual sin or porn under the rug. But I'm telling you tonight, it's time to throw that rug out and stop sweeping your crap under it and let God come and do what God does. You don't have to keep living in that place because he has freedom for you. Um, guys, there's a verse in Matthew that says, it's Matthew 22, whoa, 37 to 39. Sorry, that's not working. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. When you're sweeping this stuff under the rug, you're not loving yourself well. And you're not loving God well because you're telling him that he can't handle your sin. You're telling him that he can't set you free. You're telling him that he's not equipped to carry you through it. And you're not loving yourself well because you're hiding. You're not loving yourself well because you're keeping yourself in bondage. And if you're not loving God and you're not loving yourself well, how are you going to love other people well? How are you going to carry them into freedom? How are you going to lead them to, to, the, to God who gives you freedom and, get, and can give them freedom too? Guys, I think that what God is starting in Airborne and what he's going to do is going to start in your lives and then it's going to trickle out and you're just going to keep bringing people into freedom. Through loving God, through loving yourself, and through loving your friends. I really want to take some time tonight to, to give opportunity to pray and to minister. But I want to read um, something for you. Um, This is who God says you are. You're chosen. You're called of God. You're being changed into his image. You are a new creation. You're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You're forgiven of all your sins. You're redeemed from the curse of the law. You're blessed. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're victorious. You're set free. You're strong in the Lord. You're healed by his wounds. You're free from condemnation. You're reconciled to God. You're a joint heir with Christ. You are more than a conqueror. You are accepted in him. And you are complete in him. The things that you might be turning to, to fill that void in your life, you guys, are never going to fill it. I promise you, (laughs) they will never fill that void in your life. They will never make you feel complete. They might for a second, they might fool you into thinking that. They might fool you into thinking you're complete. 
But nothing will complete you. No relationship will complete you. No person will complete you. Your parents can't even fulfill that in your life except for God. He is the only one who can bring you into freedom. And I just want you guys to stand. And I want you to think about um, what God is speaking to you tonight. And I want you to think about... I want, to think, I want you to think about the areas. If there's something that God is speaking to you tonight, if there's something that he's nudging you tonight, guys, stick with me, okay? If there's something that God is speaking to you tonight that he wants you to lay down at his feet and let go of, if there's something that he's telling you that this is your time to surrender, this is your night, if you don't know God, there are leaders everywhere that want to pray with you and introduce you to our Heavenly Father. Guys, just in the moment that you think you're lost... He knows right where you are. He never left your side. He never forgot about you. And I just, if you're, if, if something's resonating with you tonight, I'm going to ask you to take a stand. I know you're already standing, but I'm going to ask you to take a stand and I'm going to ask you to come forward. If there's something that you need to lay at the foot of the cross tonight, I'm going to ask you to make a bold step of faith and move forward, and leaders are going to come up and pray for you. God, we know that you can put our pieces back together. Lord, I just know that you're touching hearts tonight. So guys, if God's speaking to you tonight, if there's something that you want to lay down at the foot of the cross, if you don't know God and you want to know him tonight, if you want to accept Jesus as your Savior, step forward. There's going to be some leaders around. You can go to them. You don't have to step forward. But guys, there's something so bold about stepping out. Because it shows that you're serious. You guys can stay here and think about it. And maybe God's ministering to your heart. And that's awesome too. But there's something so bold about stepping out. And saying, no, I'm serious about this. I'm serious about letting this go. I'm serious about laying this at the foot of the cross. And God is waiting for you. He'll never stop waiting for you. He's ready. He's like got all your broken pieces in his hand. He's just saying, give them to me. Give me the freedom to put them back together for you. I just want you to surrender. This podcast was recorded live at our Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.